there's demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Hey everyone Hey Dave Oh hey Chris We're here still at Toronto After Dark That's why you're getting some background noise instead of a nice quiet basement That's right But we're playing hooky tonight yeah, we are a bunch of uh, hapless saps getting ready to get in the lines. Yeah, I guess we're wait, the wait. only one in this restaurant now. Yeah, yeah but it's cleared out. The only other people that were in here just before you arrived was a baby, very famous director sitting right over there in that chair, being oh. interviewed by someone else. Really? Yeah, whose movie we're skipping right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and who may also have a podcast. But listeners, you must yep. agree that that would be a hard decision to make, to go see Halloween right when it comes out, or or go see... A certain movie by a certain horror director with a podcast. Okay, so <laughs> you're not saying <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah, um, but w- that's the decision that we've made because oh yeah. uh, this is Halloween. This, this is a Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween. This is one of the biggest horror movie events of the year. Mm-hmm, totally. We are pumped. Oh yeah, nice dude. Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Danny McBride wrote the script. <laughs> David Gordon Green directed it. What else you got to say about it? I'm about to see it. <laughs> ah, terrifying, exciting. Uh, this is we're gonna get the first true sequel. This is number two now. Halloween yeah. and then Halloween. Forget anything you knew from Halloween's two through eight. Infin- infinite plus two zombie, <laughs> two <Yeah>. zombie Halloweens. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's so much. Didn't you just watch all of it? Yeah, not the zombie ones, though. Of course, but... I watched the first zombie one when it came out, and it wasn't really for me. Wow, this is very comfy and formal, huh, this yeah, couch? let's just take it in. I can't. We got, like, a nice gas fireplace behind us. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I was just, uh, like, I had a very, very morbid thought I was about to share. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is really nice and comfy and cozy here. I'm like, that's better. That's nice. Yeah. And the morbid thought I was about to share was it occurred to me on the streetcar here Yeah. Um, that... Jamie Lee Curtis's first movie was the first Halloween, right? Yeah, I believe so. So if she died and didn't make any more <laughs> movies, <laughs> I bet you she has um, like some terrible comedy with yeah, that's just Jack Nicholson coming out next summer. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, yeah, nice. like sitting on Uncle the back Bob's burner. in town, and she plays Bob's begrudging wife, and that's sure. that's going to be her legacy. That'll be the last one. Oh, dude, you just. I cursed it, and then you cursed it worse. It happens. Like I know Heath Ledger did Dark Knight, and then that you Parnassus, know, yeah, the, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, yeah, 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 the Terry Gilliam movie, which is kind of compelling in its own way. It's but, a good movie, but, but it wasn't the same Knight. performance, yeah, that he put down in Dark Knight. Yeah, totally. So yeah, if she, <laughs> if she, her last movie was the Jack Nicholson rom com. Yeah, it's not the same as the groundbreaking movie that was 1978's Halloween. Carpenter just incredible one of the best um of the slashers that would come absolutely after psycho absolutely but before we get there i mean now you got me caught up on this legacy thing <laughs> about doing it you now if you were someone like jamie lee curtis or heath ledger mm. you ironically need to be less cautious with your life after you've done you know one of the best things for your career and if you just do a shitty movie, you're like, I got to stay alive. I got to stay alive just to do one more good one. I can't leave on this note. And it has to come out, too, because like if they shuffle the order or something after oh, you die. Oh, that's died, interesting, too. Right? You're and right. Also, if you've like had some little ideas that were, they recorded like two-thirds of or half of or even mm-hmm. less than that, someone will find it and finish it. You know, that's on Nolan, man. 
I mean, Nolan should have just bumped it a summer and put that shit after Imaginarium. Let Heath Ledger's legacy be the Joker. Yeah, Yeah, and then but then then it comes to us though. Because well, I don't even think of Heath Ledger as just the Joker because like the Patriot is the first movie that I saw him. That's hilarious. I yeah, probably same here. And I watched that movie a bunch, probably fifty times. But is that a good movie? I don't know. I, I don't get, know anymore. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Because I, I love the Rocky movies. I love right. Gladiator. I love Troy. I love just like big action, mo- like totally. historical action epics. But damn, that uh, that movie was great when you're oh, 13 years holy old. Holy shit, was it ever? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's good. Yeah, I think at the very least you could say the performances are insane. Yeah, you got Jason Isaacs as a yeah. evil bad dude. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so good. Mm-hmm. Just right at that last minute when you think Heath has got him. Oh. He stabs him with the bayonet. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. it's coming back to me. Maybe we'll do that for a future episode. <laughs> the Patriot. The Patriot. Keep your eyes open for The Patriot. Halloween, yeah. Okay, so this new one, man. Are you pumped? You've, you have mentioned that I went through and watched all of them after mm. uh, just being motivated from when we did the first episode. Yes. Um, have you watched any of the sequels? Just the recently? second one. Just the second one. And not that recent, no. And not that recently, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I... I'm on record as saying like slashers are like I was never captivated by them even Mm -hmm. as I grew up there were some good ones for sure but they don't stick in my mind like weird sci-fi and creatures and stuff like that it's always been the thing that I love right so I mean Michael Myers like had a good chance of standing out as just a very creepy you know force but didn't happen to so uh, I yeah I'm super excited now that I've got a little history and I have better eyes for the genre than I would have you know a couple years ago Totally. Um, and and you're, you're honestly not missing much, especially if y- you didn't. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it is a very silly franchise. I think 4 is effective in its own right. Um, I love Halloween H2O just because. Yeah. Okay. So I've, seen, I've also seen Halloween H2O. Yeah. Of, of course. course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's just because growing up in that late 90s scene era came out, like that. Yeah. yeah. It will always have a special. And, place and yes, so I did. I would have seen it then, and it, again, it just didn't stick because again, the slashers weren't weren't for me at the time. Yeah, I've grown into them, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, but then this is the perfect way for an old franchise to be exciting for someone like you because mm-hmm. it's saying, okay, forget all that shit, forget every weird thing. Yeah, forget that didn't really work. Yeah, kind <laughs> of the reasons that I wouldn't watch a thing. Like once it gets to the seventh, eighth movie, like. Oh, and does it ever get to the seventh <laughs> movie? I mean, Cult of Thorn. Wow. Yeah, I, I. How can you get motivated for that if you're not super into the first ones? Paul Rudd as a serious leading man, not saying jokes. Uh, how? It's did it's they? Insane. They must have had to cut like two thirds of the footage because he would have just. Been they cut two thirds more. <laughs> <laughs> so David Gordon Green and Danny McBride um, together, they've worked on things like Eastbound and Down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess did you ever crazy. watch that? No, I, I, it's mm. always been something that people have told me to watch, but I've never personally checked it out. Do you like it? Uh, I did like it, but I don't feel it aged incredibly right. well. Yeah. Danny McBride, at least as a comedian, I think he works best for me in an ensemble. I love him like in yeah. Hot Rod when his personality yeah. can be contrasted with a bunch of other different personalities. Totally. And uh, this is the end? This is the end, exactly. Yeah, that's another one where he just... He stuns because you're right. He doesn't When he's the leading man, yeah. there's something that I've found to be taken that's taken away a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it doesn't work in my brain, so I can't... Yeah, that's why I haven't given it a shot, I guess. And especially not a full-on comedy. Right. Because like, I could I could follow him through um, Foot Fist Way. You ever see that one? It's no. Taekwondo movie. With him? Yeah, he's an instructor. Oh, my God. It yeah, is, that sounds right. That it, sounds like a uh, over-the-play Danny McBride role. It's pretty hilarious, admittedly. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a full-on comedy, so you can, you can work with it. Right. But yeah, it's hard for me to... 
to picture a, a serious Paul Rudd, a serious Danny McBride. Yeah, yeah. But he got very serious for writing this script and apparently, yeah. um, you know, convinced Jason Blum to make this movie. Jason foot in his mouth, Blum. Not, oh, yeah. Not thinking too highly about him this week. Nope. Um, yeah, no, so, not yeah, he's <laughs> got to step it up. But he, he at least stepped up to the plate with this concept with taking the Halloween. Yeah. Dusting it off. Saying yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, you must imagine that's more than just Danny McBride, like, getting the wheels turning there. Because, like, the it would almost necessitate Jamie Lee Curtis. I feel like that's a huge component of the success or at least the hype building. Because it's not out. Um, but the hype building of this movie. Yeah. Is and and John Carpenter. And John too. Carpenter. Yeah. The Dream Team coming back I think is hugely important yeah. I don't think that a Danny McBride Halloween on its own no totally yeah. totally yeah it's this idea and then just it was good enough to get all those people back on board you think that's well yeah maybe and as you wonder if they, like they, they clearly put a lot of sorry did well, you thought? well if they have like they've got the the property Jason Blum is probably interested in a Halloween movie at the very least at any point in time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's probably an open dialogue or understanding about Jamie Lee Curtis's interest rather than having a script written and they're like all right now let's approach her you know what yeah I mean? my imagination would or I would imagine that there'd be a bunch of Halloween scripts floating around that there'd be a bunch sure, of people yeah. who attempted things like this but because he has such clout and David Gordon Green has such clout and they were able to probably just pitch it successfully mm. that there, I, there has to be something in the script itself that was compelling enough to make the producers at Blumhouse and Jason Blum go, yes, this is something that we should bring to Jamie and John and see if they're on board. Okay. Yeah. Then, okay. That's my guess. Um, but yeah, I this is, that. interestingly, this is one that Blumhouse spent $10 million on. Ah, we, we might call this a double the cost. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a big It's a budget. deluxe <laughs> Blumhouse movie. And I think all five million of that went to Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> right. and John Carpenter. <laughs> right. That is the X factor <laughs> with those Blumhouse movies. Is It's got to be because if I remember the history correctly, when I was doing that deep dive, John Carpenter got kind of burned by the whole franchise. That they didn't yeah. pay him kind of the royalties that they said that they would pay him. And it led him to kind of just distance himself from all the later franchises not be interested be super angry at yeah. the main dude who owns all the kind of properties not paying his share so yeah. they, they must have said come back we know that there's some beef but we'll give you one million dollars i well, bet he got one million dollars <laughs> probably but also um in a some, i feel like a recent interview or statement of some kind he said um in reference to sequels that he wasn't a part of Mm-hmm. is that um, studios and producers wanted his ideas and his lucrative concepts, but they weren't interested in his movie, his characters, his music. It was about, you know, the potential success that comes from Carpenter. Right. And so th- theoretically that must have been remedied somewhat with, with this new Halloween. Yeah. You're then if that's the case, then it definitely happened at some point they were able to kind of get back in. But yeah. I know that at least initially in the first couple afterwards, there was some, there was some kind of tension there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, how excited are you for mm. this as a non-slasher fan? What are your expectations? Um, this is my, um, yeah, if you didn't know, I saw this one, listeners, at Toronto International Film Festival a month ago. So I'm going in second time here. Uh, I would be surprised if we have a single listener who hasn't listened up to date to every <laughs> single episode, <laughs> wrote down in their <laughs> little day planners what Chris has seen. And normally I wouldn't even draw attention to that, but we didn't even write uh, Halloween that we discussed Halloween in that episode description. Mm. I wanted to kind of just leave it out and focus on the movies that we'd watch together. Sure. So people may not have even checked that out because so they didn't know that they talked like about it there. Okay, so this is 
Chris is a little bit of a name drop. I saw it. <laughs> Here's some proof. So if you want to hear my initial thoughts of this movie, you can go back to listen to that first TIFF episode. Which, what other movies did we talk about in the first one? Uh, but, but, but uh, the Wind? Yes. The, the one uh, with the wind? I, and it's so long ago, Chris. How can I remember? A tip? whole month and it's just completely out of my brain. What the hell was the first one we saw? Necrotronic. Necrotronic. The Wind and In Fabric? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the bar. Yeah, yeah. That we did the thing. Yep. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I think <laughs> we finally landed on a thing we could easily have looked at. Yeah, um, but, but you're coming in fresh. So what are you... What, uh, how am I feeling? I yeah. am, uh, as far as seeing new movies, I am looking forward to a big budget, bloody Blumhouse feature. Totally. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I feel like I've seen a million haunting movies. I've seen a million, like, Dude, how many possession movies have we watched lately? Uh. <laughs> 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 He's just so tired. Not sick of it. It's, I'm not sick of them, but I'm tired. I'm ready for a ge- There are so many subgenres, and yeah. we just need a little bit of variety you, right now. You start playing games when you're watching those movies, and you just, yeah. like, you wait until there's a shot, like, directly on somebody's head and shoulders. You're like, okay, so it's behind her, or will be in the next five minutes. Dude, I know. There <laughs> were a couple of movies we've seen recently where that exact same framing, where the body takes up like one third, and you're like, I know there's something right, right behind it. Like, That's, you wouldn't put the camera there otherwise. No, it's an awkward looking no. like, shot on somebody, unless <laughs> they're obscuring something out of view that when they move to pick up their, or just spit out, you know, they're brushing their teeth when they spit and they bend down bend like that. Down, there's going to be someone there. They go back up and then it's gone, right? I don't need that for a few minutes. I need a murder man with a big knife or something. Avoid it. That's how you will get us <laughs> to tune out of a horror movie like right away. If you just give into those cliches, those kinds of scenes mm-hmm. that we've seen hundreds of times. Yeah. Or if you give into those things at a moment where you can tell like this is one of the bigger ones. You know, this is there aren't many creative scares that are above and beyond this. No. It's been 15 minutes and something good. And this is what we give you instead. No, it's got to be creative. Try something new. Do something different. It's just it's just phoning it in at that point. Yeah, you know. Anyways, so um, yeah. I so I'm excited to see uh, like a physical like we're in a house or we're in a physical place or running around to try to get away from something. Yeah. Somebody's got a gun. Somebody's got a knife. I'm so interested for you know the heavy breathing and then turning around and you know maybe there's going to be something physically there that can do some damage to you. And with the familiar. Michael Myers look, but in a super slick 2018 new movie, which is just what I love, man. I just love the brand new shit and the way that production value makes it look. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped as fuck to see a movie like that. I think you're really going to like it. I, I think so as well. I think it's going to be up your alley. And I'm, um, I've been just stuck on the fact that it's funny, you know, that it's got the, um, a very obvious, not just for you telling me that, but mm-hmm. like across the board, like that yeah. it's got the, I guess the modern, like, mid 2000s like really really like i'm like comedian i guess yeah comedian wrote it comedian level hilarious like a get out feeling right yeah it's but it's also very scary at times too so it's like this fun balance i think and that balance i think i said in my initial thoughts is something that frustrated me the first time because i wanted just straightforward scares because that's Mm -hmm. what the first one is yeah it's you don't have jokes in the first one sure it's hilarious that the cop can't smell the weed after he rolled down the the window right as they put up the joint but this one is like straight up laugh out loud awesome jokes yeah like the everyone in the theater is gonna laugh at this point this point this point yeah surprisingly this theater is only half full last i checked maybe a bunch of people didn't buy suits in advance but Mm, right yeah, and well, it's a bunch Thursday. of assholes <laughs> show up late like us, dude. Wouldn't that be sad though? Like, because it, it technically comes out on the nineteenth, right? Yeah, tomorrow. So uh, this is we're recording this on Thursday, um, Thursday the eighteenth. So we're getting a little bit ahead. But mm-hmm. isn't it weird to think of like, you know, the something of the wide premiere just being half full theater? 
for Halloween. It does. That's why it was kind of shocking to me. But maybe maybe a bunch of people will kind of you know trickle in and they didn't buy the tickets in advance. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're just showing up now and buying tickets. I'm looking, Chris, but I'm not seeing them. But regardless, I, th- I think it'll do well. I think it'll do pretty well this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything that I've heard is that it's great. It lives up to like what people wanted from a, a new Halloween movie, yeah. from seeing Jamie Lee Curtis again. Like that it's it's checking. People are checking off the boxes. Mm-hmm. Just enjoying it. Excellent. Yeah. Well, awesome. I guess we should also get to some of our other segments. No. We'll get to the top of the episode. No. No. All right. Scary tale. What do you want to talk about today, Dave? Mm. Where's my phone? Uh, so I watched a movie, not technically this week, but um, several weeks ago, and we just haven't been able to talk about it. So it's today's been a long time since we've recorded an app. Yeah. It's, it feels good. It feels it good to be back on the mics like this. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't sound like it, listeners, because we've been coming at you just every week, but... <laughs> I don't. I barely recognize this boy, Chris. Yeah. Um, he, he just he, he walked right by. He sat down to another podcast. Started <laughs> recording that. Date. Date. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I'm not. I'm not part of. What do you guys call the Pickle so Patrol? No, no, no. I'm nice to meet you, <laughs> Sorry. Have a good interview. Oh, no, you said the name. Um, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. That. I see a chair that Mick Garris sat in. Oh, and his Rapunzel-like locks were just flowing down over the <laughs> sun, those armchairs. It was great. Well, um, so get jealous, uh, listeners. Mm-hmm. We This is the kind of place we hang out. Um, so I watched a movie um, that I saw on Netflix called He Never Died. Never heard of it. No? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty small. Um, do you know Henry Rollins? Of course. Uh, yeah, Black so Flag singer? Yeah. He's uh, and Sons Spoken of Anarchy. Spoken word artist. Spoken. He's everything. Yeah. Do you, you've not seen him in Sons of Anarchy? I haven't seen Sons of Anarchy, no. Oh, man. He is a bad Nazi. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, incredible that's a That's a hilarious and ironic role for, for, for him, him to play. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe might be this one, the role that he plays in He Never Died, which um, also features Boo Boo Stewart, uh, Stephen Ogg. What? Um, are these names? Yeah. <laughs> Boo Boo Stewart, I believe. <laughs> these names are Pokemon? It's pretty hilarious. He <laughs> Pokemon. Dude, you're right. Boo Boo Stewart and Stephen Ogg. That's funny. No, right they're gargoyle that. names from Gar- that cartoon Gargoyle. <clears throat> Boo Boo. Is it Gargoyle? And gargoyles? <laughs> He's the lame gargoyle. Oh. One of the other ones. <laughs> like Ed really from Hyenas and Lion yeah, King. Exactly. <laughs> um, he's, uh, he's a character in one of the Twilight movies, uh, a shapeshifter. Uh. Stephen Ogg is uh, Walking Dead. Um, he's the main character in Grand Theft Auto V. Mm. Um, anyway, um, somewhat, somewhat successful, super successful actors in this. Um, it is difficult to describe what happens here without spoiling it somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do my best. Uh, as as a comparison to um, another movie, I'd say it's in in suggested story or backstory to what's going on in this movie. It's a lot like um, uh, The Man from Earth, mm-hmm. which we've talked about in passing here and there. Um, but it's this very mysterious character who has um, isolated himself as much as he can in a major city um, from other people. He doesn't talk to anyone. All he does is go out to a diner. Um, to eat and he plays bingo um, <laughs> that's his life because he is seemingly an immortal cannibal oh yeah so um, we learn little things about his life and it's a really really well told uh, like low budget movie where um, this super like disgruntled at all times character is no no thank you slams doors hangs up phones he's just not interested in talking to people um but then he constantly finds himself uh, himself in these dangerous situations um for 
kind of one reason or another, like mm-hmm. not really anything. Um, and he's just disinterested in all of it. And you, you, know, you find out that he can't be killed. And why is he talking to this kid? Oh, he's a medical student and he's buying bags of blood from him so that he's able to, you know, give into his urge without hurting people or bringing people into his life. So um, someone who he had met up with years before calls him and says that their daughter, which he didn't know he had, is missing and probably at this place in danger. You need to go get her. He just hangs up the phone. <laughs> He's like, where? Hangs up the phone, doesn't keep talking to the mother. Um, really funny. I, it's hard to explain why this is so funny. How did he even have a daughter if he maintained such a well, hermit-like be, existence? Um, he's sort of, the point where we see him, he's like really gotten his routine in check. So he doesn't drink so that he doesn't have mistakes. But theoretically, before he got into this place, he did. He would drink, mm-hmm. he would do drugs, he would just give in and kill people and eat them. Theoretically, this is all suggested. And one of those suggested, I guess, things that happened is he um, had relations with a woman and <laughs> and then she was able had to find a him. child. Right. Yeah, so he had a child. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, throughout this whole movie, throughout him like going to find his daughter, saving him from these people, he gets shot in the head, but he's fine. Like it, 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 he's just constantly not answering his daughter's questions. The plot builds and builds with like mobsters and stuff, um, and you're constantly seeing this guy in a hat and a goatee that no one else can see but him, mm-hmm. and he's like really nervous and scared of him or whatever. Okay. Um, yeah, and so maybe that's as far as I'll go with what happens with the story. Um, but you learn. Basically, the big uh, drama of it is learning who and what he is. And they do have an answer for it. And it is a big, high-concept reveal. Satisfying? Um, I did find it satisfying, yes. But uh, I found it, it was a little meandering in moments, which I find like a lot of indie movies end up being. Totally. Um, it's also uh, shot all in Toronto and everything. So that's, oh, amazing. That's another thing that kept me super is excited. Is this a Black Bond production? No. Okay. <coughs> um, I did look at the other production companies, but they're very small. Um Gotcha. And, um, yeah, he, what was I saying? Um, it, it, yeah, it meanders a little bit, um, but, yeah, the performances, how funny it is, and, um, the gore, mm-hmm. and then ultimately the the great ending to the story that they're telling. Yeah, you'd have to have some good gore with that concept, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, it comes it, naturally. It's got some gore. And there's this great, uh, I'll throw out one little scene. He, he is, his cannibalism cravings have overtaken him. He's kind of off the wagon. And he's like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm trying so hard, but why? So he goes out looking for like bad people to like mug them or start a fight with them or some sort of justification so they can kill and eat a person. Mm-hmm. And he keeps like accidentally like or intentionally bumping arms with people to try to get them angry at him. And they're all just like, oh, sir, I'm so sorry. And everyone's just being really nice when he's trying to get a fight started in like New York. It's just so good in that, that little scene of him just angrily not getting not running into anyone mean right and yeah. so it's toronto but it plays toronto plays new york in mm. it i believe so yeah gotcha. that's my memory of it yeah. um but yeah it's uh, i think it's a little gem cool you know it's i don't believe it's too no it's not too long um is that this year like is that a new it, it was 2015 south by southwest okay that's where it came from right there and then just got distributed on and the then in march it got a wide release i think it was small but um it came out in new so york and la been floating around since then um a lot of canadian guys in it it's just a cool movie it's great it's just one of those great like i've never seen this concept awesome so yeah i would i'd recommend checking it out it's called he never died it's great a little originality goes a long way totally totally i've seen movies with way more money thrown into them you know like way more time bigger names and yet just paint by numbers exactly that's exactly it yeah man but chris Uh uh-huh what the hell are you going to talk to us today about I want to talk about what everyone's been watching this past week. Let's hear it. On Netflix, also. 
And that's the haunting the, the, the roasting of him ham. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Almost yeah, right. the syllables are right. <laughs> the haunting of Hell House. I mean, we've been excited about this since it was announced probably about a year and a half ago. If you go back to those episodes, we just start gushing about what, how great this idea is. When did like cuz you read the book around that time? Was it after the announcement that Absolutely, Flanagan? Yeah, yeah. So you're like Cuz oh, I told I'm myself gonna. if I read this book now, which was about a year ago mm-hmm. or a little over a year ago, then I'll be far enough removed from it when the series comes out that I'll just kind of remember and make loose connections and right. I won't be like scrupulously watching every detail. Yeah, okay. And that doesn't even matter because as Stephen King put it, it really is like a remix of the story. Mm, okay. So it's just taking kind of pieces and elements and character names and it's mm. telling an entirely different story. Oh, Stephen King loved the shit out of it. He did love it, yeah. And awesome. so I am so excited with how widely this is being received. Even Chrissy was excited to watch, keep watching it yeah. after the pilot. She watched the whole thing and loved it. I'm seeing people who aren't normally horror fans talk about it yeah, that, all over. That is sort of the benefit of, uh, of us doing this, at least in our own personal circles, is that you can really tell how permeated and successful a horror thing is when your non-horror friends all when start approaching you. they are interested in yeah. it. I haven't talked to you in six months. What's up? Is there a haunting of Hill House? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean... This is it. This is the one that is exploding Mike Flanagan in terms of name recognition. Yeah. He was already exploded the moment he got this gig and the moment he got the Dr. Sleep gig, which he's filming right now. Awesome. Because that'll also be, I mean, that's the biggest studio that he's made something for. That'll get a huge wide release totally. and a lot of attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but this is so exciting. Like yeah, Flanagan man. is just so good at drama and characters uh, and the relationship dynamics. So to have that stretched over 10 episodes is such a treat to be submerged in his world for that long is so satisfying. And it's not, it's not all written by him. He has a couple other writers, of course. And there are this maybe like one later episode where I thought maybe it dipped in quality just a slight bit. But other than that, it's pretty much consistent all the Mm -hmm. way through. Um, One particular highlight, I think episode five might be the greatest thing that they've ever done. Just like, it's just, from an, like how impressive the scope of what they do in that episode is. There's like the first half hour or 40 minutes is just two one takes. And it's not just kind of your Whoa. typical gimmicky one take. <laughs> I it's a super gimmicky eyes. one take. Yeah, you sure did. Um, but just what they pull off and the camera is moving around and it's like you're watching a play. Like characters are giving Whoa. these long monologues. They're interacting, reacting over each other. There's a big storm happening. But then you're also kind of like going through different... I don't think this is a spoiler. You're kind of switching times and switching characters and just all this weird stuff. And you're also having like ghosties kind of show up in these one shot takes. It's just, it's just like the most incredible thing written and directed. And that episode, Mike and Jeff wrote together. Dude. They did, right? That's the only one that I think I saw both their names attached to. And it's clear. Like it's clearly the height of the show. The penultimate episode. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. But over the whole thing as a whole package start to finish is just so wonderful. It's the, one of the first full series that I'm actually excited to go back and rewatch. Wow, man. I, I have so little to say other than like, did you watch the pilot or anything yet? I haven't watched any of it. We've been so busy here. Drowning in fucking movies. Drowning in horror movies. (laughs) I I totally get it. Yeah. And it, it, like ones that I love too. Like, yeah. Excited about all these things. I know. It's just, we're it's just, yeah, the fall is just such, yeah. with the two festivals here in mm-hmm. Toronto, Toronto International Film Festival and Toronto After Dark, mm-hmm. plus all the movies that come out at this time, there's just, 
it feels like such a crunch for horror. Like yeah, we're kind of getting to the end of it now. And obviously I love it, but I am excited to have kind of a more paced environment where we're able to watch the things we want to watch. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was going to say, it's like, it's Halloween, it's October month. It's like the every day is going to be in your peripheral vision. You're just going to be full of candy and bats and jack-o'-lanterns. But no, it's a rushed, like get in the line an hour in advance with your pass. Watch the screener <laughs> this time. Like it's, it's become just movie, 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 which is so fun. It's such a privilege. Yeah. But, but. Man, am I sleepy. <laughs> and it, it, it leaves out time to watch all the stuff. I mean, I still really want to watch Apostle on Netflix, too, which is supposed to be another great, awesome, culty, horror-y thing. Yeah. But no time. Nope. But made time, sacrificed sleep, and got through all of Hell House. Yeah. That's Can't wait it. for you to watch it, too. Yeah, it's coming up soon. Yeah. And if you haven't watched it already, I mean, just, just fucking stop what you're doing. Call in sick to work and yeah. just spend all day. Put He Never Died on pause and watch <laughs> Honey of Hill House instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but both aren't going anywhere for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, so just, like, chill out on Netflix for the next, like, the rest of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, get leave your house to go see Halloween, but... Yeah. In fact, let's do that ourselves. We should probably go see Halloween. Yeah. Well, I think so, because it's usually what we do in this podcast. Uh-huh. We run a little chainsaw. Yeah, chainsaw's coming in. Let's do it. 2018 Halloween. Here we go. Hell Yeah. Hey. Hey, Chris. <laughs> How you doing? Doing good, man. Um, wow. Seeing movies on weekend nights or opening like that. So many teenagers talking. Yeah. Yeah. People were like really happy to discuss <laughs> what was going on in the movie or just their lives. And I don't know if it was happening everywhere, but we sat. I feel like we got it in stereo. People on our left, people on our right. Oh, yeah, no. Like, we it moved to the left, and of then I'm like, oh, no, these people are just <laughs> bad. Yeah. We, we moved out of the range of some people who were just looking at their phone and talking about what they were seeing. We're like, let's get out of here. Oh. We scoot over, and then some people like, he's dead. She's going to... Oh, oh yeah. so here's what That is the worst. Yeah. It's like predicting the scenes right before they're going to happen. He's behind the mannequins. He's in the closet. Oh, yeah. he's going to be standing right behind her. Like, what? What? Do you think that adds to the experience yeah. for anybody? Yeah, someone is just like listening. There's some talent agent listening, going yeah. like, "This guy knows movies. Who's the genius? He was calling out everything as it was about to happen." Sir, did you say that he's going to be right behind her? <laughs> You're coming with me to Hollywood. Like our our brains are <laughs> all thinking that. You yeah. don't need. What makes you think that the rest of us are just like empty vessels, just staring at the screen, yeah. having no clue what's going to happen next? And I don't see this as one of those movies that you can blame like people's weird fear responses because that seemed like a droll, like, this is just my Thursday night voice. They seemed, yeah, they seemed yeah. uninterested, it and yet we're talking the whole way through. Yeah, so sometimes, like uh, we've talked about before, you can be nattery and chatty and laughy and whatever you are in the theater because you're dealing with fear. Yeah. That wasn't what this was. No. Um, it's yeah it's yeah. it's a real shame and i really feel that it's something that we experience when we do these like thursday friday night viewings and when yeah. we go yeah, like yeah. a tuesday matinee it's just much more low-key few people yeah. everyone shuts up yeah i think we're the anomaly people on these days not them i think you're right they're the normal type you come here on a thursday for super cheap it's because who cares yeah and it would be nice to just be able to ignore them all together but some yeah. titles i just want to see asap yeah. right yeah we get that urge when a big title comes exactly. out exactly you shouldn't have to choose i'm not gonna go on this day because everyone's gonna be a dick in yeah. the theater yeah. um although that that happened and that was fine there was also like one or two moments of justice like turn off your phone which is always oh i didn't even hear that you didn't hear that that no. guy yelling no oh that was sad i didn't see the phone to be honest was, it was that the same people to our left 
to the left of me? Or no, sorry, to my right. To your right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I saw you glance over a couple times. They yeah. so they were talking and on their phone the whole they time. They took out a phone and were just looking at it, right? Like during the opening sequence with the pumpkin. Why between the two of them, you, you've paid like over $30 yeah. for this hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's a big movie. It's not just oh whatever. What's going playing tonight? It's like the the night before. Like it, why why are you here? This makes no sense. Why are you doing this with your weeknight? And also like I get looking at your phone and I get talking. Yeah. I don't get looking at your phone, showing it to the person next to you, and having a conversation about what you're seeing. <laughs> Look at this meme. Meanwhile, what time to show John you. Carpenter is blowing our ear holes off with some amazing music. John Carpenter watched Inception <laughs> and then just started like synthesizing that <laughs> yeah, it, with the old score and doing those blares. Yeah. Oh God, it, it was effective. I I think I liked maybe I think like sixty percent of the score for me works really really well. Okay. And then I find about like forty percent of it underwhelming. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's that's maybe Which is still makes for a good score overall. Yeah. I'd like say that maybe even increase the the ratio a little at seventy thirty for mm-hmm. me, and then say also that's how I feel about the movie, and it, it, like in general. Yeah, and like I mean a, lot a few of, of the, a few of the scenes it just delivers fully, like when you're revealing Michael wherever mm. the fuck he's standing, yeah. tilting his head. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. There is some great, great moments of like score meeting, just absolutely, just a lot of really good shots. In fact, you can cut together one hell of a trailer with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but damn, seeing it now, does the trailer give away so many of the good? So moments. frustrating, right? Yeah. I mean, how how good? And I'm frustrated that I myself watch this too. Yeah. Is how good would that bedroom scene? Yep. With the closet be in the context it's so much better that dude, instead the climax yeah. of that scene is completely diffused you're waiting for it yeah. like it's it's more annoying than that like when it comes to like the teeth and the closet scene are the two big ones yeah and as soon as both of those like locations are entered as soon as like the little like the scene is ruined for you yeah you know you're like you're just waiting for this to culminate when you know the climax before it happens yeah and you're waiting for it to happen you don't really take in the nuance of how funny or the good little relationship that's happening absolutely because that's the only thing that's on your mind yes and yeah. still like even that being said, and yes, it did kind of get ruined. It's still very admirable scenes. Oh yeah, like, they're great. Those <laughs> sequences are fantastic. This is a complete like podcast criticism. <laughs> like, yeah, no, and it's yeah. it's fair because I was just as frustrated the first time I saw it. It's one of the yeah. first things I said coming out. It's like, oh, I, I wish those scenes would have been so much better. Not knowing yeah. anything about them, those teeth would have been so effective. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah, and like also like with the teeth. Let's go to that like scene as these two like Great. investigative journalists are at the gas these station. These two total weirdos. <laughs> Just so strange. And a little hokey of a concept. Like yeah. these like totally. British journalists who are fascinated with this case and was was his like th- thing a little joke that they were making a podcast or they actually were? Like I think that was a joke to try to be like, oh well they'll know what this is or something or maybe it wasn't i don't I, know i can't totally tell because they are recording everything because at like one point they said like an award-winning radio in, like she's so like, maybe radio investigative journalists yeah put out radio stuff yeah. whatever i wonder if they actually were making a podcast which kind of makes me laugh i mean they're clearly making some money from it if they can fly overseas and offer Lori strode three thousand dollars yeah clearly um yeah. so they're at the gas station these two mm-hmm. weirdos um, and I, I like a lot of things about this, this sequence. Um, first, uh, the, the Michael that you see through windows, just his back, just that white, like hospital jumpsuit he's in Yeah. as like the two of them are just unawares, you know, looking for treats. And your eyes, for the your eyes are locked in the background the yeah. entire time. You're constantly following that through the window pane, blurry Michael torso. And how is in, how interesting is it that we really see the entirety of his face? Like, we see it in pieces across the whole thing and a little blurry, mm-hmm. but we do get a good kind of idea of what he looks like. Yeah. And yeah. the answer is... I feel like I have a look 
the old man from Don't Breathe. Dude, you're right. <laughs> you're exactly right. <laughs> Is that just Michael Myers? Seems like. He's blind. That's why he wears that stupid mask. He doesn't need to see. <laughs> um, yeah, but you're right. The, the lingering in the background while they're at the gas station, you see him pull up in that one truck, walk around. And you see him like bludgeoning a guy against the table, mm-hmm. although you don't know what he's doing. You know he's doing, he's killing some dude or he's bashing with the hammer. You don't know. You just see his body like bash, bash, mm-hmm, bash. Mm-hmm. And then she walks past and doesn't see anything more. He walks into um, the bathroom with her and is uh, like checking all the stalls. And again, this is where the the trailer makes it difficult for me to just objectively say like this is how I felt about it. Yeah. However, like the build up was pretty genius in this moment. And then as she's like just about to encounter like that, this is real. The the shit is real. He skulks around the to the side and sees the gore of these two horrifically killed people who probably don't have teeth no more. Yeah, it's such a perfect kind of building of tension yeah. all the way through. And then to have it culminate with him arriving at yeah. the bathroom. Yeah, he, he arrives at the bathroom, they have the fight. And I was surprised to see both of them knocked out so early in the movie. So quick, because they're kind of the setup, so you expect yeah. it to be yeah. something that you know remains with the plot the whole time. And in the trailer, they take up a good deal of it, so you assume that yeah. as well. Yeah, so that's that's one of the moments where it's like it's a conflicted feeling for being a little spoiled, but then I didn't think they were both going to die. Mm-hmm. I, I knew the teeth thing would happen. There's a, a high kill count in this it, one. Yeah, very high. Right? And 10 plus for sure. Definitely. And just a lot of re- like when the person's dead, a, like a really good gore shot of like how their body's been messed with. Like going from like the guy who got his teeth bashed out and his like jaw was messed up. To the kid on the fence. Kid on the fence. Through his, his underneath. Yeah. 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 The little spike on the fence going through his jaw. The kid. To the jack-o'-lantern head. Yep. Oh, my Crushed God. Crushed like a pumpkin. Yeah. It just really, really, really great. Uh, for me, uncharacteristic shots of people mangled up by Michael Myers. Yeah. And a wonderful throwback with the with Dave. Dave. Uh, oh, that, to the was, wall. that was so hilarious. Just, Shut up, Dave. Yeah. They got great, like teenage actors yeah. to play like very likable entertaining like you want to keep watching those kids yeah but at the same time uh you can't help but think like just right at the setup when you're meeting everyone like oh most of these kids are just going to get completely slaughtered yeah why would you live <laughs> i'm surprised that her boyfriend lived he seemed fine no dave's dead man not not oh dead. the boyfriend yeah 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 he's off with what's her face screw that guy bonnie right yeah with tiger the tiger, tiger. yeah what's i don't think it was bonnie he I want to say kim he was Bonnie. He was Bonnie. Oh, I see. Of the Bonnie character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween costume. Yeah. Gotcha. So he just never no, comes back. With, yeah. He, he probably just the spent the rest of the night with that girl he was cheating yeah. his girlfriend with. Well, I mean, so take try notes. <laughs> no, I would love to cut to, like, in that scene, go from the tents there in the basement to try to go, like, dodge Michael, run in between walls, super tense, cut to the boyfriend at home with a blow dryer, just trying to blow dry the phone. <laughs> 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 it's all like I don't even know he threw it in like dip or something. It, like it looked f- like soupy. Like what is that? It looked really thick. It looked like smoothie or something. It looked like like Cool Whip or like yeah. that marshmallow fluff stuff. And there was part is like it's just take it out quick and wipe it off. Like it could mm-hmm. be that wouldn't have seeped in as quickly as water thrown in. Yeah, like totally. <laughs> it was still ringing a few times. Yeah. In fact, it probably would be completely fine and have like a layer on the outside that was sticky. Yeah. You could fix that phone. Yeah, but, yeah. But that's reason enough, I think. You see somebody, your boyfriend kissing someone else, and then he throws your phone in custard? That's a lot. That's enough. That's what it was. It was custard. I'll call it custard. It's a nice big bowl of custard. 
<laughs> big bowl of custard. <laughs> <laughs> That's just 2018 teenagers. Yeah. Didn't you go to prom? <laughs> sure. I there love the custard bowl as a highlight. Oh, yeah. Mine got spiked. Oh. Yeah. They oh, yeah. <laughs> spiked it with tequila. <laughs> the tequila just went directly to the bottom and stayed there. So if, if you, as long as you brought a long straw, you would just get straight tequila. It was wonderful. Uh, I don't remember my prom night. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Custard hangover. Um, <coughs> yeah. So, so I want to ask you something. The, the other. Okay. Go um, for it. Just, just because it just came to my mind. I don't want to forget. In the shot where we first see Michael on like Halloween night, like super reminiscent of when he's outside in the first Halloween movie, mm-hmm. he's walking around, we're following the knife. Is that like one big, crazy, long single take? No. No? Your brain wants you to do it because it's so smooth the way that the camera is moving, mm-hmm. but it cuts uh, a couple two times. or three times. Okay. okay. It's only it's only a few. That was my guess. Either it didn't cut or yeah. it was a couple. Because but that's like, probably my favorite scene in the movie is just yeah. watching him out yeah. in public, right, like hidden in plain sight and just lurking around, looking around, creeping people having, out, having no real agenda other than to just kill what's convenient, like oh. people who are alone and just to wander from house to house. And just see how he does it. It's so well shot. S- that That's really what caught me. I was like, yeah. I don't recall seeing a cut anytime recently. No. And it's just it, following it's him and then the camera pivots like 90 degrees every time he goes a different direction. Totally. And after the first time I would have told you, yeah, that was all one take. Right. But <laughs> this time I was looking very intently. You were trying to it. find the cuts in it. Exactly. Especially yeah. after that um, planning, that one episode of Hill House where there was just such long right. extended right, right, right. without cuts. Yeah, but you're an expert at seeing cuts. But I still I still think it's fantastic. That's one of my it's favorite so exciting, man. sequences was that and then he like creeps out that one like person the nurse costume getting into the car mm-hmm. he turns and walks in the window she's yeah. dropping the blinds his, at the re- same time. his reflection first yeah. the shot of his reflection in the window as he looks in yeah. and then hits her hits her head once on the uh on the thing and she screams and then stabs so quickly right through her throat right drops through her. it looks so good oh god it looked amazing yeah yeah and then and then the way the camera was staged right before he walked into the house so you see his shadow walking between the houses absolutely he, before that he picked up the hammer and just killed that woman making a sandwich yeah or i love that i love the upgrade is yeah, like from yeah. the knife to like ah fine or from yeah. the hammer to ah oh, here we go this is what I'm into yeah. a sandwich making knife <laughs> that's what I need <laughs> this yeah. is my preference mm, awesome and then there was good like e- seems like every character at one point picked up a knife like that <laughs> there were a lot of those knives around second. yeah well, it's the knife a lot for the prop department to order it's yeah knife type knife yeah. yeah but do you know what I mean about like those those few kind of scenes where. It's scary, but there's also so much humor packed in. And the yeah. two the two main ones that I think of is the kid that she's babysitting, just mm-hmm. living these hilarious one liners. Oh god, he's so funny. Yeah, that that whole scene is fun. <laughs> and she's great and the boyfriend yeah, Dave is great. I like, love that the little threesome. This is something when you do Slash of September, we get so many just empty vessels of human characters. <laughs> yeah. We're just they're so interchangeable and they don't really have any personality. Now, like in kind of more modern slashers, we get we get personality. Like these yeah. kids have clearly defined personalities, and they're much more interesting to watch as a result. Yeah, that that is just such a massive change. Is like I feel like in some moments for old slashers, like I even want them to get killed just so that it's over. Yeah, just like I don't like watching them perform. I don't right. like seeing them stumble over things. I don't like no. their screams. I don't like. You're not invested yeah. in them at all. I haven't enjoyed watching this character make all their mistakes throughout the movie. Yeah, and like with this one, they're pretty good about it's not. There are a few moments where you can even tell the people in the theater were going like, shut the thing, lock the door. Why are you <laughs> like, there's a few moments where like, even, even I agreed. I'm like, yeah, that seems a little, she's just following around with a flashlight and a gun. No, that's, that's it. There's yeah. so many parts of this. Like there are so many respects in which it is 
a very above average slasher. Yes. But then there are ever other instances where it does kind of fall into these cliches that we see all the time with yeah. slashers and moments where you're kind of yelling at the screen. This could be intentional. This could be something that, you know, writers Maybe. and directors feel, oh, you're up for a slasher. You want these kind of moments in it. But for us, maybe it feels just a little tired and we want we yeah. want you to do more interesting stuff because there's and lots of interesting things. They were, yeah. They were doing interesting stuff. They like the the kid who was drunk on the lawn with the floodlights turning on oh, and off. That's that another scene where the comedy and the tension are both together yeah, in this yeah. beautiful way. That's a great example. Yeah. Um, and that guy kid was hilarious. Yeah, like, he was hilarious. He was just made... And that was very like layers. an original and interesting scene to watch. Like you're, I was fully locked in. Like, where's the scene going? How's it going to happen? Yeah. Knowing that he's going to kill him, obviously, totally. but it was so fun to watch and rewatch. And yeah, and that's the introduction to, of the granddaughter to Michael exactly. Myers. Like, exactly. That's a, it's a really great pivotal moment. That's yeah. what kicks off the third act really. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, mm. oh, and then those cops in the car. There's the bon me sandwich. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> that annoy that kind of annoys me because at that point you're in the third act, we're deep in the tension, and then we cut to a, like it's just Danny McBride, like two Danny McBrides in a truck Basically. talking about food. I loved it because at the same time, just like you were saying about that that back and forth of humor and terror. Yeah, I thought that when he was like in that moment, he woke up and then just immediately smashes the grate out of the back of the police car and is able to de- defeat new Sam Loomis. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really scary, though. He's like looking down at them all like curious. She runs off into the woods. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I did find that like kind of creepy and disturbing. And then to the balance it with the uh, comedy with them being pretty funny. But then at that sort of that's a sh- that's a t- uh, shifting point because that comedic scene is wrapping up. As it is. And it's truly the last kind of straightforward comedic scene that I, happens in the yeah. movie. Totally. And you have the th- third act. But the event that kicks it into that third act, the new Sam Loomis, which is hilariously alluded to <laughs> by Laurie Strode, you're the new Loomis. Yeah, <laughs> like, it falls in it with those other that other line about like, wait, didn't her, her son do something or something? Yeah, like, exactly. Nah, that's like just Like the characters folklore. may as well pause and wink at the camera yeah. at that point. And that's where it like retains a little bit of the meta nature from Halloween mm. H2O as well. Yeah, as again, <laughs> commenting on the movie as a whole. Wasn't there one about <laughs> water? <laughs> But that new Sam Lewis character is probably my least favorite part of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so, so just like silly and obvious and hokey and half-assed. Like this idea okay. of, oh, and Michael's newer doctor is going to be this loose cannon that really just wants Michael to escape the whole time so we can study him actually killing people. Like I just, I don't, I don't buy it. It frustrates me. I don't yeah. think it's as effective as other reasons for Michael to escape or get out of the mental institution. I don't, I don't want it to be like a crazy doctor who wants to actually set him loose. And so what was there a point where they suggested that the doctor was resulted in Michael getting free? Yeah, there was, he was the one who did it. Yeah, he did that. Okay. He did that. He lied and told, um, the, uh, earlier authorities that like, Oh, Michael overtook the driver. Yeah. But then when she, when he ki- or when he brings Michael and throws Michael in the back of the cop car with her, then he like He's explains it. I wanted to and see him says, out yeah, yeah, world, yeah. unrestrained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, I, come on, that's mm. the reason why he's out. I wanted, yeah, I wanted I, something a little more interesting than that. Until you said that, I didn't have a problem with it because I did think that Michael gen- genuinely escaped, and then yeah, the in like worst, a random accident or something. Yeah, and then the worst instincts of this guy who's been obsessed with Michael, like he tips and yeah. he goes like, I, I, now I'm gonna just follow him, and anyone who tries to 
stop them. I'm going to kill them. And I really like that moment for that reason. Mm-hmm. But now that I, yeah, now that you've said that he is directly responsible for Michael getting out, that sucks. That <laughs> it's a little bit of a bummer. He basically just lets Michael out on Halloween, yeah. start it again. And There's that's what gets the whole thing going. A bad character who's invested. like, And the whole thing happens <clears> just because of that one that one character. That's why, yes. The there's basically like, if you imagine it meta, there's like a fan of the movie who wants them to be reintroduced. So totally. he does it's it. It's something, it's like, literally, is, yeah. isn't one of the, sp- like isn't Scream 2, isn't that what, what's his face is doing too? I think so, yeah. It's like if Danny McBride let Michael Myers out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny McBride just should have played that character. He should have played Danny McBride. Yeah. Who's like, man, this guy's fucking interesting as hell, yeah. man. But the, I find that, first scene of the bus crash really effectively creepy too even though oh, it is yeah. very similar to i think the second halloween or maybe it part of the first one like just the scene of the patients just kind of wandering around that yeah. happens in the first one right um it, like at the uh, yeah thing something like it with the cars like he can't drive like all that stuff at that moment you see like yeah i think that's what it kind of brings back to mind but there's something yeah. about the fog the and fog and the night and the way that they're all wearing white yeah they look like ghosts absolutely and they're like tapping on the like they've shown us earlier what these people behave like around michael myers in the facility mm-hmm. we've sh- we saw them getting on the bus we saw their weird little ticks and stuff so then as they're walking down like just meandering down the street in the dark and in the fog and smoke and whatever like they have those weird little ticks and hoots and yeah it's so strange and uncomfortable and because you know you're anchored to a kid yeah of course at that moment michael isn't even the only threat like these are all people who were locked away so the fact that any one of them could be loose cannon adds that other layer yeah but yes the kid is awesome and like that this the dad and the kid driving and then him going out kind of on his own trying to solve it mm-hmm. and then the fact that you know michael's first kill really is like the cop was still alive i guess so the kid is really the first one that michael kills yeah i suppose so yeah that's intense that was bad yeah he uh and and that was contrasted with um a later scene of michael just arbitrarily walking into a house killing someone walking past a baby looking at it and going eh, and walking yeah. away yeah yeah I'm like mm. yeah i would have just either not included that exactly like, why have that it's that frustrates me so much too like it just feels yeah. a little baity like, totally. like oh is michael myers gonna kill a baby oh he no would he would never do that he to the audience move on yeah like it's just yeah don't he i agree would. don't include it just have him just walk right by everything i've learned about michael myers in just let's say this movie and the first movie is that why he's would, pure evil why wouldn't he kill a he baby he would do it he yeah. would, and he killed a kid earlier what's the difference like five years <laughs> seven years probably <laughs> seven years yeah Maybe a little more. In seven years, they're ripe enough to kill. That sucks. No, yeah, that's that's a bummer. That's yeah. a huge bummer. And I mean, we are kind of saying like it sucks that he didn't kill yeah, the baby. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see Michael Myers <laughs> killing a baby. I just don't want no. him walking by a baby at all. Like, just yeah. take it out. But then I'll, I get it's like you have a baby crying and Michael Myers and no one in the way to protect the baby. That's mm-hmm. such a creepy, scary. But thing. But do more with it instead yeah. of this quick like pause, move on. Distracted by something rather than he just chooses not to. Yeah. Like right, he should like suggest like I'm Michael Myers. Here comes the knife. I'm gonna yeah. kill a baby. Lol. And then you know, <laughs> some like kid knocks on the door. Trick or treat. Right. Like deal something like that. Yeah. And then he goes back up to try to kill the baby again, and something else distracts him. Yeah. That would like really be a fun like oh my god, do not yeah. let him kill this baby. And then like have more people come along that takes That's him away from it ultimately. Agreed. Make that the reason that he doesn't kill the baby. Not because he has That's a moment of uninterest or yeah, or or whatever y- the fuck they were going wh- for. I feel like it. It shows he walks up to the baby. We get this like big buildup and terror of Michael Myers approaching this baby. Like it's not just a throwaway for no reason. They did it to, I think, scare us artificially. Yeah. 
Like, it, it's but it felt cheap, for it, sure. It did, totally. I didn't like it. Yeah. Bad. And then, okay, yeah, first let's talk about um, just the actual nature of Michael Myers in this film, because I think that's okay. particularly interesting. It is, Because they yeah. really, like, jack up his kind of metaphysical nature in the sense that, yeah. talk about that opening scene where he, he senses the presence of the mask, and so do the rest of the patients at the Institute, and they start howling yeah. and freaking out. Uh, the mask comes out. There's this, yeah. like, a boogeyman the whole movie. Yeah. Like, suggesting that... Michael Myers is more or the mask itself or something along these lines. Like it truly is the evil. Exactly. That's yeah. what they're going for. There's that a real true metaphysical force force that is causing all this and it's detectable by other people. And, you know, they almost described him as dormant and then he got his yeah. mask and he got freedom. So he's bat like he's woken and up. I don't get that from the original that I remember. No. No. Right. Everything there could have been done and understood by as like, you know, a 20 year old man or however old he's supposed to yeah. be in that first one. A healthy young man. Now this guy's like in his late 60s. Yeah. And, and he's still lifting people and things, ripping yeah. apart I want Something Island. specific about that is um, the cop hits him with his car. Yeah. And the doctor gets out and says, he's dead. You killed him. Yeah. So that means one of two things. Either he lied. Yeah. He lied because he wanted to use that mm -hmm. opportunity to kill the cop. And he jumps in front of the cop. He's like, don't shoot him again. You got, don't shoot him again. Let me check him. Mm -hmm. And the cop's like, what are you talking about? Let me finish him off. And so the, cop, the, co the yeah. doctor is trying to keep him alive. Uh, okay. So he never, he just got hit, struck with the car, and it knocked him unconscious without mm -hmm. breaking any of his bones. Like, there's, there's no real consequence to that. But this doctor then also has the confidence that he's going to, like, re revive. In a sense. Like, yeah. Like, not that he's going to, he didn't say, like, when he wakes up from the injury. You know, that when he wakes up is like when he, whatever he does, yeah. he's coming back is, is sort of what was suggested. Mm -hmm. Like they put this weird supernatural almost. They do. Like he's just, uh, in the way that I think you've talked about Jason in the Friday the 13th games, like he'll just, he will always get up. Yeah. No matter what you do to him. I mean, he gets shot in the hand. That's not a, a yeah. huge injury. But judy greer shoots him like right in the face like shoots we see his he we see his head conk and we see blood fly out yeah and earlier on she shoots him like when um he's just out on the street on halloween yeah, she like sees him in the, the shoulder shoots or something him in like the that. shoulder and he's still with all these injuries yeah. has that same superhuman strength yes to just easily yeah. like upon waking up from apparently being struck unconscious by a car he wakes up and instantly has the strength and wherewithal to just reach through the like the grate yeah in in a police car it's it's like, strange it's strange to have yeah. that too and then they add other interesting details like the knitting needle scar on his neck from the first one uh, is yeah, still yeah. on there that's and great. there's even like a hole in the mask right at that point too so there's uh, like the beautiful little touches like that but they yeah. coexist alongside the fact that he is this kind of evil god of sorts like yeah. even how about that end scene that really brought to mind upgrade where his body just kind of like tilts up. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like he just, just literally springs up without bending his knees or waist. That's also like a Victor Crowley move. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like um, at the end of the second movie, he just gets his head blown off by the shotgun and she uh -huh. walks away. And then in the background of the shot, just he just float up. Just <laughs> like a stiff up. board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sits up and then he's back. Even though right. his head's still mangled. Yeah. 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 You're right. Um, He just flies up, grabs her leg as you expected. Like some something about that very end sequence, how she locks him in and then burns the place down was a little unsatisfying. Dude, super unsatisfying. And I would even take that further and say that whole third act for me mm. is a bit of a letdown. 
And I mean, it's kind of strange to take Michael out of the suburbs for the final showdown. Yeah. Like, okay, let's go to a little cabin now where, you know, she's had all these things set up and there's something somewhat interesting about that. But well, it doesn't it, yeah, I like the thought that like Michael Myers tried to kill her and then she spent the rest of that time making like a, a doomsday prepper. Yeah, yeah. Just totally and setting up. And that is great. Not just that, like specifically made the basement into a trap, knowing that he was, she was going to hide down there and he was going to get in. So her final, like that is pretty satisfying mm-hmm. that not only did she have this like final little panic room, you could back into a corner and aim your gun up the stairs. No, no, no. She planned to get out of there and lock him down there. Yeah. Like that's, that's pretty cool. And she's like it's not her cage it's for it's a trap i'm like oh that's good i like that yeah yeah that's okay but i would have but even just the way that she navigated with that whole place oh dude totally like getting back out and just kind of wandering around the house with him it's just like what are you doing whoever wait till he comes down to the basement you don't need to go out there risk your life shoot the The, shit out of him yeah yeah, the fact that she goes up to the door and like makes herself so vulnerable like at the windows yeah that just that whole thing and then even like the lowering of the door things i can see what they're trying to go for like oh you can trace his, trace him around this way yeah. and that way he can't sneak up behind you but it's still i feel like it wasn't executed as i feel like that was an old idea like that several revisions later in the script it was still in and should have had to make something should've out been. of it yeah. but they probably had so many like you know he's about to get her and then she hits a button like how did that not happen at all she hits a button and then they're both on opposite sides of like a grate and then you mm-hmm. hear the granddaughter grandma yeah. and then she's suddenly behind a wall so she's safe but now yeah. her granddaughter isn't interestingly sh- you do have that moment in H2O there's a couple moments where they like kind of shut a door and they just make eye contact mm-hmm. it's like a big moment in the trailer for that one and like the Star Wars episode one like yeah. when they're fighting Darth Maul and uh, the laser walls keep going up between them. They have to like stand there awkwardly and wait. Oh, and then keep fighting. Yeah, I re- yeah, I remember that. That's like the penultimate like doors nice. appearing, and you gotta like almost like elevator music comes on. Yeah, do, 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 do. But yeah, so I love I, I like I really like the first couple acts mm-hmm. much more than the the third one. Just I thought the build up, especially in that second one, when it is Halloween night and he's wandering yeah. around in the streets, that to me the is best. the most exciting part of the movie. Yeah, and as um, just a little matter of nostalgia and and uh, and whatnot, when um, they have that engagement with the mannequins and mm-hmm. he like stabs her and then throws throws her out the window. Yeah, she rolls and falls on the ground, and then you get oh, that that's yeah, that's brilliant. One of the greatest. Like, that's that is in a, a great moment of pain. Like homage homage yeah. to this first one, uh, but not in a hacky way at all. No, just like the like middle finger yeah. back at you, Michael. I can do the same fucking bullshit that you did to he me 40 back. years ago. Yeah, she's laying on the ground. If you don't yeah. know what I'm talking about yet, she is laying on the ground j- outside the window in the same way in the first Halloween. Michael when she was. pushed Michael out the window. He's laying on the ground, clearly incapacitated or hopefully dead mm-hmm. based on what had happened. And uh, she looks away, looks back, and he's gone. That's how the first one ends. Yeah, and then. That that moment happens right before the actual end. Yeah, because the granddaughter then arrives at yeah. the house. Likely, and that is enough yeah. to make Michael go like, "Wait, who's here now?" Yeah, then looks back, likely <laughs> saving her life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and to just see his dumb face through that static mask, yeah. <laughs> just being like, "Shit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you always want like. There's so much ripe opportunity in this for like Michael reactions. Yeah, like if just somebody dubbed over the movie, normal movie, <laughs> but then every time something happens, like, "Whoa, fuck." <laughs> oh yeah and this that mask is so good and just like the physicality of him mm. that yeah. they nailed they really capture they, the yeah. same kind of physicality from the first one totally. that is th- like i'll probably go check out whatever they keep churning out because it's there's always something 
so compelling about that figure, that character of Michael Myers. Yeah. Or the shape. And this movie, I think, did an excellent job with the you cut away and cut back. And I think it, it works rather than it's gimmicky. I think that's called the editing. <laughs> <laughs> um, cutting away and cutting back to like you're really not expecting to see something again or you really are. But when it cuts back, the light is on or it isn't. You know, there's lots of moments where going away and then going back or or even a simple thing like when he kills the woman in her house with the hammer. Mm-hmm. He picks up the hammer. She walks off screen. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah, he yeah. walks off screen. And you can see the table shaking. The chair, the falls, chair over, falls forward. And he walks back in his screen, clearly having done, switches out for the knife. The blood blood is beautifully dripping off of the hammer yeah. as he walks back into frame. And then he walks out. The camera follows him. And you can see her on the yeah, table. Yeah. And we're not even focusing on her. We're just moving past right to past follow her. Michael. Yeah. But we see this whole elaborate thing that's done. Yeah. Because when you're watching it, you're like, okay, this is easy to film. You just get someone to shake the table. Uh-huh. But no, they're setting up a whole like pool of blood, putting her in it. Yeah. It's and awesome. So there are moments where I don't like when, you know, there are two people on screen and then both of them walk behind a wall and then a killing occurs. Mm-hmm. But this is an example of when that's done excellent. Because you see the results. Yeah. We see the results of, I think, every Everything. kill in this yeah. one. Even like when Dave dies. We don't even see him get killed. We just see him like get a little bravery. He's like, I'm going to try. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna and try to that's save her. it. And I that's wonder it. if there's going to be a deleted scene in there, a confrontation, but it's so effective without it. Yeah, I don't want to see Dave like in any. Come on, man! Yeah. <laughs> oh my what God. kind of dialogue would we give Dave for that scene? Like he's just stoned. I'm glad I never got to see him like inky dealing yeah. with real emotions. <laughs> uh, he'd be dying, and then he'd look over at his little horse. What was his name? Cade. <laughs> I don't remember what his horse's <laughs> name was. That was funny. Cade, help! <laughs> He was, he was a good little stoner. Like yeah. I, I enjoyed Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone told him to just, shut up. He just starts wandering around, looking in the garage, finds a motorcycle. And he just gets on and turns it on. Starts revving the engine. Yeah. And he knocks over. Good. He's like, ah, shit. Yeah. yeah but yeah. He, nothing bugs him. You know, hey, guys, I'm just going to blow. Are you guys okay if I blow up one of these little shack lanterns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I love them for that. That is like the crux of my mixed feelings towards this movie because... As a slasher, I think it works in so many effective ways of yeah, having yeah, the scares yeah. and the comedy. That's what you want from the slasher. Like, it's so fun right. to laugh and have good kills yeah. at the same time. But from a Halloween movie, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't want the comedy as much. I, I do enjoy being scared by Michael Myers. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I could do with this version of Halloween, this voice of Halloween, but I really think that they made some mistakes along the way with mm-hmm. what happens, how, you know, how the story plays out. Because, like, they did a bad job in some moments i feel like a lot was cut out because like when um when they're that that scene in the restaurant and mm-hmm. um laurie just shows up and, right. and it's real awkward she shows up and cries and he drinks really fast like I, no one in the theater laughed at that like it was just a very awkward yeah i, I totally nail like, i can what see they were what they're trying to go for but yeah. it might have been it might have been a performance thing actually maybe i feel yeah. like jamie lee curtis when she enters that scene should have been like a little more loose cannony Right, yeah. a little more erratic, where she was kind of calm and natural and with it, and then collapsed so quickly. Yeah, and it's like they should have steered. She had drank that little bottle of alcohol and then chugged a bunch of wine. So like, yeah. you can you kind of riding the line of is it's like a drunken emotional outburst, and she otherwise and wouldn't. And then have. instantly, her daughter just started, just like went from right zero yeah. to just like. Why do we this is the why reason we, we don't invite you. Like, like, why? All she did was took a couple sips of your wine. Like, you, is that? Yeah, she even said it before. Like, just because she wasn't sit, sit down, mom, take a seat. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm fine. This is why we don't invite. Like, that's what it seemed like, you know? Yeah, like, there, that, the, that scene could use a little tweaks. I think so, and and then yeah, just some of the decision making right at the mm-hmm. end in the most like exciting part of the movie. Right. I almost liked the the blood trail that leads up to the room with the mannequins mm-hmm. and then she opens the closet and finds the the corpse the of the other guy. guy 
I almost liked that, you know, because like if he was not fully dead and had run in a panic up the stairs and left the blood and she thought it was Michael's yeah, and followed it and then realizing it's him knew that she was, she had been tricked into a room or went the wrong way or now the girls downstairs are exposed or whatever, anything that would be a a better or kind of what I thought they were doing with that. But no, Michael just carried him up there so that she'd be looking in that like that way rather than where he was standing. And even all the time where she's like very slowly approaching the closet. First of all, she wouldn't do that the way that we've no. they've established the character so far. She would just shoot at the closet exactly. three times. Yeah. Um, but then secondly, what's Michael doing? Just watching her very slowly approach this thing. <laughs> yeah. Like why does Michael <laughs> wait for her to turn around and look in his direction before like running towards her? Yeah. Yeah. So that it, Michael never makes that mistake until it's, you know, an important moment with one of the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, he every time he strikes, I'll say that with confidence. Every single time he strikes, it's either an introductory slash where he's playing with the victim and then follows them and kills them, mm-hmm. or instantly they're dead. He doesn't waste time. No. He, he doesn't, doesn't like only with Lori does he make any mistakes, yeah. does he like whatever. Or just like take another second to appreciate the last time. Yeah. Just give it tilt his the head length a of bit. his head tilt. Yeah. The, yeah. The, <laughs> like the time it takes for him to tilt his head to his ear, then he'll finish the job. <laughs> um, I, I like the dad. I was sad to see him go so yep. seemingly early, even though it wasn't until the third act. We just It felt like we only got yeah. a little bits of him all I the way through. Agreed. He's a really funny, really cool character. I am glad they killed him <laughs> because, <laughs> first of all, yeah, that's what you get. He's a wisecracking little wiener. But also, um, I didn't think they would. I thought he would be one of them. like One of the survivors. Or at least he wouldn't just like... Hey, Michael is, wouldn't do the dopey guy death. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you no. know, I thought he might at least like show some level of heroism uh-huh. or, you know, witness something, anything to make the, his last moments like worth the weight of his, the character that was established. Right. You know, he was funny. He was appreciated. He was loved by his family. No, and I like that his death wasn't too ho- hokey or silly either. Like usually you give kind of the more comic relief characters, some kind of a hyper silly death that they may, they have to make a few jokes going down. Right, yeah, this guy yeah. was just kind of killed, but not until he stumbled upon this wonderful corpse sitting in the car, uh, which is like, how did Michael have the time to make this wonderful little yeah, craft? I was wondering how he did it. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is he had, um, he may have gotten the scalpel looking knife thing from the other doctor mm. yeah, and taking the time to just carve that and then throw it on a pumpkin. How was it backlit? Put a flashlight underneath it? Was the, the flashlight was stuck into the neck part of the head. But it looked like the head was hollowed out. It looked yeah, like the, the head was hollowed out. Yeah, okay, okay. I don't know how. Like, the eyes were gone, the mouth right. was open. It was elaborate. The head it was, was an hollow- elaborate thing to do. Maybe he took With limited his knife, resources. He cut out his eyes and his tongue and whatever, and mm-hmm. then he took the pumpkin scoop, and he scooped out the brains and the, <laughs> the guts on the inside <laughs> of the head. And, okay, <laughs> they're in the basement. Where are the cameras out on the lawn? They have these floodlights. Yeah. It just—it seems like it seems to like hell a, with that. yeah. To it that seems like a crazy person was a prepper and just had huge oversights in how they planned the surveillance of this property because yeah. like they didn't even really look at the monitors for him at any point. There was none of that. Yeah. We saw them kind of glancing over, but we never saw anything on the monitors. We never saw really footage of people walking around the house. Mm-hmm. They, whenever they're in the basement, they should be acutely aware of where Michael is. Totally. Yeah, a hundred percent. And yet, like the fact that just floodlights turn on and that there's like a camera here or there. 
It's just ridiculous. The fact that she had, like, no night vision something. Like, yeah. her arsenal, she just took one gun with her. She said something, too, about, like, using the revolver because they don't jam. Or she wanted the revolver because it doesn't jam. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Like, all Does of some the potential. Some things seem hyper-prepared, and other things seem total, like, huge oversights. Huge oversights. Yeah. Like, man, if I even had the $3,000 that she got, I could make a pretty mm-hmm. effective safe bunker. And and normally maybe we wouldn't be this picky with logic, but because they are already going halfway there yeah, and setting up like this elaborate kind of basement trap, yeah. you kind of have to make the rest fit that narrative as well. I agree. It's the same thing with the the baby. It's like it right. stands out because yeah. they've presented a character. Well, I feel like everyone in the theater is like, he'll kill a baby. <laughs> if we had to like stop the movie and vote, it's like, what is you know oh. Michael going to do? What kill the baby, what leave the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, everyone knows what he's going to do, and yet they went against that. So, like, we have this perfect doomsday prepper, you know, who, like, when you get, when you see a montage of someone who, like, shoots 60 guns and they go all the go through the head part of the target, mm-hmm. you know, they're suggesting that they've been practicing a long time, that they've really had their head in this. The fact that she has all this stuff in her house, she's been thinking about this for decades, and yet, there's so much oversight in the way that she does it. It deserves our criticism even because it's a even huge these, part of her character. Even these rooms, why would, like someone who had undergone that trauma, why would there be closet doors anywhere in that house? Yeah. Why wouldn't there be, if she's going from room to room, little like peepholes where she could kind of aim a gun through sure. yeah, to man. be able to shoot a fire. Things like that would have been great to see. Like totally. I want, I want more of those cool little traps or setups in ways for how she fights with Michael. And I want that to be so much of that third act. If we are going to take it to that place. Yes. If, if we're basically meeting, you know, the contrary force, the foe to Michael Myers. Yeah. The, yeah they're going to be clever and whatever and nifty with all their little tricks and gadgets. But Michael Myers is strong and unstoppable. And that's what makes it, it makes it exciting. Yeah. And so when that side, her character drops the ball. So obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just lame. Watching her walk through that house with a gun and a flashlight wasn't good. Yeah. And honestly, the fire thing is an interesting choice to finish him off. Yeah. Because they did that in Halloween too, and it didn't work. No. So it's interesting. Halloween two never happened. (laughs) <laughs> I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> but but it's interesting to me that like, well, we, we have seen that. We've seen Michael burn alive. Right. Um, and yeah, it didn't work. And it's not that it didn't work. That frustrates me. They're like, oh, you've already tried that and it killed him. What frustrates me is that you didn't try to do something different, like didn't have some kind of, I don't know. I don't know why I'm getting so graphic with this, but like some kind of slicey and dicey thing, like just, just like yeah. really confirm the kill in a way that we haven't seen it confirmed before. Yeah. Like, I don't know why she wasn't just making a Michael Myers cage. And then shooting it for 20 minutes. Yeah, fire some rounds into him. Yeah, like, if she's able to, like, she's got this this stuff for, like, hitting a button and metal doors come down. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be that difficult to, like, if you're really going to make a trap and use yourself as bait Mm -hmm. in that way. Like, to make it not a whole room with a bunch of preservatives in it and, like, free reign from the... You know, maybe go up through the wooden the wooden floorboards where light comes through. Like, I don't think that's a perfect trap. Right. The Like, those floorboards where she's shooting through. Yeah, that's Even a the nice spot where she <laughs> shot that rifle. That's a nice opening hole. <laughs> yeah. And a nice opening plot hole for the sequel, which I'm sure if it has a huge, wonderful weekend this weekend, yeah. that they'll just get to work on right away. Probably. Right. 
Yeah, and and they'll probably do a thing where they kill off Lori right away, and it'll be about maybe Judy Greer and the daughter again. Or I think you're right, Newtown. Who knows? Here's yeah, because she real. won't be she won't be a prepper anymore. She won't be worried about right, the end. She got she over knows her trauma, dead, and then that's what fine. brings her down. That's but her she has a her granddaughter has never gotten over the trauma. She's the one fucked now. So now she's a prepper. Ah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, are they gonna call that one Halloween too? <laughs> Halloween as well, because this one is just called Halloween. I know. That's why What's I kind of... What are you doing? What's happening? Another like point to add to what I said at the top of this recording about how it would be weird if Jamie Lee Curtis died and this was her last movie. Because then her first and last movie would be Halloween. The movie Halloween. Yeah. You're right. That's Which wild. I, I guess probably also happened for people who only starred in the first Halloween and then never got another job. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, anyone who started only one movie. Yeah. But uh, that she starred in many, many movies <laughs> and that her first and last movie was Halloween. It was still Halloween. Really That's cool. like a perfect 40-year career. Mm-hmm. Although, wrapped in one although now that I've seen it, yeah, uh, as Jamie Lee Curtis, I wouldn't want this to be my death movie. After uh, the premiere of TIFF, she spoke just very glowingly of it, and she yeah. she felt it was a very powerful project to be a part of, and specifically, she she loved the message of trauma, and just kind of how trauma is multi generational. That kind of the trauma okay. that one individual goes through and, yeah, and has effects on, on yeah. your children and your children's children. This is something that, yeah, that you know requires everyone collectively together to come together and face in order to try to deal with and not try to deal with like, your own on your own or right. cutting cutting one another off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is nice. That's a nice that little, is a nice little message thought. to take from it. It's great to see her just like I mean, she does so good in the original. So then forty years later to still like return to this character and show a character that has just gone through so much shit over forty years. Yeah. And give it such a great performance. I mean, yeah, it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful to see her on screen. Yeah, no, she's horror royalty, and she came back and reprised one of the most classic roles, as classic as yeah. Michael Myers. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Laurie showed the first. Yeah, well, there, you know? and I think one character really spoon fed the exposition at one point that they, uh, this was the doctor that's like, yeah. I believe there. That they that they balance each other out. That one yeah. one has to be predator, one has to be prey, and it is only these two functions that keep them going. It's like, gotcha. I'm like, oh, like we the, Jedi, the Jedi Sith, Sith thing. <laughs> is that what you mean? <laughs> like that? Could, could you get this character to just draw it on a chart, please? I think that would help me out a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I I give it like three and a half stars because I think it's really great slasher, disappointing yeah. as a Halloween movie with some flaws that we can't really. Yeah, overlook. I think if I didn't care at all about Halloween, I'd give it a super high marks because it was just so fun and not uh, without comparing it to the previous movie or knowing how good it should be in certain moments. There's really nothing to complain about for a slasher, for a horror movie. For if it's just if you're just seeing this as a casual slasher, I mean that's it's better than a lot of slashes that have come out lately. Hilarious, scary, gory as shit. Great characters, great writing. It's a good time. Good, good time. Yeah, yeah. I give it three and a half as well. And let us know what you think. Please um, follow us on Instagram at TextChrisDaveSaw. We do one post for every episode. So just leave your comments on the episode. We really want to hear all your feedback on this movie specifically. Oh, I guess that's... They're kicking us out of here. Or are they locking us in? I wonder. Well, guys, uh, let's do a little alarmy. Michael has three fingers. Well, Scaredy Cats, it's been a great time. Sorry for the beeping. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> oh. Chaos rings, chaos rings, chaos rings, chaos rings. Oh, my God.
Michael has three fingers. Chaos rings. Let's just try again.